what's going on Regeneration. We have another awesome episode of Regeneration live tonight with Chadwick Robinson and Tim Crow. And oh my goodness, the banter on this episode. Make sure that your laugh box is ready and primed because this episode was awesome. And someone off to tell us. We're live. Someone in the chat, let us know if you can hear us. I think we solved all of our issues. I hope so. If not, we'll figure it out on the fly. But to, as tonight, obviously, you guys know that we're joined by two very awesome guests in Chadwick Robinson and Tim Crow. So you guys want to introduce yourselves and see if they can hear you? Go right ahead. Hey, Wes, this is Tim. This is, I'm going to be the one that uh, wins OBU uh, this year. Uh, nice to meet you, Tim. Thanks for coming on. You bet. Hey, it's, it sounds good now, according to one of my students. So we're doing it live. Good Perfect. Life. We're back. My goodness, <laughs> this is a wildness. So to give you guys some perspective, John is in the process of moving on a one day's notice, basically. So he's got to pack up some stuff. So it's basically on me to run the show tonight. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a tough, tough look for me. <laughs> but uh, we're back and uh, let's dive right into it. What are you guys drinking tonight? Chadwick? I had a glass of red wine. I'm just going straight feed right now. <laughs> Love it. And I got a, a bottle of Killian Irish right here. I'm just enjoying it uh, as I'm enjoying you all. I did awesome. have a full glass of wine, but um, that's gone down the, a little <laughs> bit. Awesome. And I'm about to shotgun us here in Nevada IPA here in a second. But <laughs> before we get too deep into that, um, Obviously, these both these gentlemen are running Ohio's Backyard Ultra here in a couple of weeks, and uh, t these guys both think that they're going to win the race. And so, I really I don't just want to see Rob thinks he's going to win it. Does he? Sure, I do. Well, I, my, my Wait, goal you is you're going to win, win it. it? <laughs> well, my goal is to get a personal goal, and if my personal goal gets set, forty-five miles. <laughs> uh, you keep talking the smack. That's fine. You like to throw lots of shade. So does Wesley. You're the king of shade. No. So, so some Regeneration may not know this, but uh, a couple weeks ago, I got an intel inside source that Tim Crow actually may have dropped out of OBU because the competition was too fierce. They didn't think it was worth it because he wasn't going to win. Uh, hashtag <laughs> fake news on that one, Bobby. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts to that? Is, is it Alex Jackson stirring some shit over there or something? <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any comments on... Uh, the allegations there? Uh, I, I don't know who's making those allegations. They're uh, totally false. Uh, I am I am amped and I'm uh, ready to go. I mean, it's been six months coming. I haven't raced in six months and I'm ready to race. I'm already in race mode. I raced last week, man. But, uh, you, you know, hey, Wesley, who are, are these 20 year olds spreading this shit around or who's these who, who's spreading these lies? I think it's Wesley. Yeah. I'm double 20. I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> It must be the uh, the sound frequency. You must be too old to hear them coming through. So, uh, sorry about there that. You, go again. You, must be, you must not be getting the same wavelength. You know, it's us young guys. Uh, I don't know who's spreading those lies, but those are all lies. I'm going to see you there on March 21st, March 22nd, and March 23rd. And 24th? Uh, no. No. I, I, you, you, no, it's going to be done by the 23rd. No. Okay, so obviously you guys are both very excited for this race. You guys both raced it last year and had very, very impressive days. Um, Chadwick made it 84 miles before he decided to DNF, and Tim Crow made it 100 and 
120, I believe, 116, I think. So uh, what is your mind? Obviously, you guys are going into a different mindset, but why do you why are you going back to this race specifically? I mean, backyard ultras are popping up like Halloween candy all, all across the United States right now. So um, what makes OBU so special? Well, I think the location. I mean, getting to know Reese and Brianna, the property down there is incredible. In fact, I'm hoping to do a cross-country camp down there uh, the last uh, last week of July. Um, the property is just, it's so beautiful. Uh, he's actually done more work on it. It was in great condition last year and he didn't think it was great. I thought it was, my feet stayed dry the whole time. We were lucky. Um, so I mean, compared to the big, or Bob's timber, that was a real mud fest. I heard, uh, based on what I saw in the pictures, but, um, uh, it's just a nice location. It's central and, uh, we got a great race director and just a nice site. I mean, that's, that's the main allure, but the people there are what make it, the, the people that run it people that are, are race directing it and uh, volunteering uh, and all of our crew, I think is what makes the whole thing special, but uh, it's going to be even more amped this year with some heavy hitters uh, besides Tim, because Tim is, uh, he's revered uh, and I don't, I don't look down on him whatsoever. That's the opposite. You might Wesley, but I've learned my lesson and I'm moving forward. That's good. Tim. Wesley, why don't you counter with that? He can't counter. He's only in his 20s. <laughs> he hasn't learned to have a counterpoint yet. Um, you, humility, you know, Wesley. Humility. I, I think I think OBU is going to be the ultra event in the state of Ohio this year. Um, you got some big bangers coming out. Uh, you got some guys that are hungry. You got some young guys. Beautiful, beautiful course. Um, there's going to be a lot of good events going on. Um, why we all go out there and we suffer and uh yeah it, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be the event in the state of ohio this year yeah i mean i couldn't agree more with that i think that uh obviously you guys showing up to the race is going to make it uh a little less competitive than if you guys weren't going to be there but i still think it'll be a <laughs> good event nevertheless and he doesn't stop with it does he uh, i i just want to know if he's going to break 50 miles this year I got Wesley going 100. I, I'll say Wesley goes 100 this year. Did did Wesley? You think he's gonna go 100? I think he's just gonna go like 101. He's gonna walk back. The, ra the race will begin at 100. That's right. my mindset. That's why he's gonna DNF at 100. No, I think Wes just wants to like make it to the road. That's all. I mean, I, I think if he makes it to 54, um, he'll be doing well. Doing well for your standards. <laughs> All right, no, how many miles are you planning on going, Wes? Let's, I mean, put it out there. Come on. Well, I think it's kind of interesting because I've kind of like broke down the field a little bit. And I think that's yeah, kind of. You have broken down before. <laughs> all is it all analytics now? It, it, it is all analytics. You know, you no, get the not. ultra sign up scores. Everything's public. You can really dive yeah, into the 75.2% chance of you doing whatever diddly squat. Exactly. You, look, you can't look at those ultra sign up scores, they're, they're all inflated. We have like 16 year olds have a 90% chance of winning. Like, well, what is that? Yeah, they go down, they run one run, like run Michael's one race down there. They, run a, they run a 5K Willoughby and they're slated <laughs> to win. Exactly. And, and Wesley, <laughs> Wesley looks at those ultra sign up scores and no one's taught him how to critique them, how to evaluate them. Well, I think there needs to be a course on that. Numbers, cherry picking, lots of cherry picking. Oh, not at all. I think there's a big, a big, uh, hey, wait, Wesley, big science hey. to it. So are you going to put yourself number one again this year? You know, I've I've got. Hey, hey, it's coming! Know, it's coming! Do you, do you actually have a bib this year? I do have a bib. I do have you a just bib. Got one. Welcome. You just got one. Yeah, he had to Welcome check to the party. Folder. 
Oh, so Michael gave you a bib? I got, I'm signed up as of Monday. He oh. gave him a baby bib. Baby bib. <laughs> I'm going to bring the diapers. Perfect. Perfect. You'll need them. You'll need them. Oh. So what are you saying, Wesley? How many miles are you going to get again? So last year, obviously, I, I believe that 14 runners hit 100 miles. And I think that, and after that, like seven of them or more dropped out right at 100. And I think that that's pretty much like the trend in these races. I think uh, Bob's, uh, I think around the same number hit 14 or so hit a hundred. And then like, there's only like six or seven people left. Same, same exact thing. And so, but this year, I think there's gonna be 25 people that hit 100 miles at this race. I, no way. I don't think there's gonna be 25. 100%, no 100%. It's one in four. It's a stronger field this year from top to bottom. The whole, the whole field's stronger. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it, I agree with you. It's a stronger field, Wesley, but I still don't think you're going to get 25 people hitting 100. But I mean, and then, you, I mean, you don't even get that. Happens. So you, you think there'll be, a, what's your number of hitting 100? Same as last year, 14? Yeah. I would say around 15. 14 to, 14 to 18. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they found out that you have a bib, I mean, they're just going to tap out like at, you know, 88. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like once they see you kind of doing your thing and, stumbling down the road, hunched over <laughs> in the middle of Ohio, <laughs> as you are known to do. <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, I can't compete with this guy. Uh-huh. Licking an ice cream cone a mile 140, and I'm trying to play PIMP 50 cent. Yeah, no. Cam Wrench in the chat said it won't be hard for Tim Crow to bring diapers because he's already wearing them. <laughs> oh, Cam. Hey. Okay, Cam. Welcome to the chat, Cameron. Hey, he finally got a 75-mile week, I saw. Who, Cam did? Yeah. Up in Chicago. Chicago. Cam ran 75 miles? The wind took him up in Chicago, though. I don't know. (laughs) So, uh, without, I mean, obviously you guys are both kind of going to do whatever you guys do at this race, no matter what you drop out, finish, win the thing. Who really knows? But you guys also have been running ultras before. So, what do you think is your most like your most accomplished goal in running and what is like, what is the re like, what got you here in ultra running? Go for it, Timmy. Uh, my most accomplished goal. I, I don't think I've accomplished anything quite honestly. Um, I, you know, when I look past, uh, back over last year, um, one of the things I think I was most proud of was coming alongside other people and hopping in races. I hopped in 024, hopped in Eagle Up, and then I hopped in Mohican to get other people to attain their goals. And uh, I, I think that is probably what I'm most proud of when I look back at 2019 is just, just hopping in and helping other people, you know, crush some solid goals. I think I follow the same boat. I, I've helped my buddy Michael Lewis, who's my crewman. He's finished his first 100. He's had some pretty rough bouts. He's helped some people literally almost die on the trail, bleeding uh, from orifices and having kidney failure. And that caused him to drop. And uh, I helped him get through his first hundred. I uh, got him through a couple of hundreds um, and recently in Indiana too. Um, so I, I kind of agree with Tim there. I think it's getting other people to finish. I've got some things I'm proud of, uh, but it, you find more reward in seeing other people succeed where you, where they don't think they can succeed, whether it's for me, coaching kids, running a, yeah. 32 minute 5k for which a lot of people might, might scoff at 
but for someone that could be 180 heart rate, like that's incredible. So seeing someone do that is way more rewarding for me rather than me getting rewarded by myself. Sounds like the noble answer to say, but it's true. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to win. I mean, I mean, I mean, I had some good races last year that I'm proud of, but, um, but part of those races that I'm proud of also is, you know, like old 96 or 200. Uh, it wasn't what I was doing out there. It was what is what the community was doing. It was, you know, getting out there and realizing that, you know, to run a 200 mile race, you know, you need a team of six ultra runners around you to literally keep you alive uh, and keep you going. And, and that's the beauty of, you know, ultra running is, uh, yeah, we do it by ourselves, but it's also about the community and about, you know, seeing C Rob come out in the middle of the night doing whatever he's doing, quoting whatever, whatever he's doing, and you you know you're looking up thinking, you know, who the hell is this guy out here? You know, you know, three four o'clock in the morning keeping me going. That's that's the beauty of it. But um, yeah, for sure. So take us back to the, your very first run, your very first steps. Uh, why did you start running, and uh, what was it like for you in the beginning, and why did you get so attached to ultra running? Yeah, I think my We're, first. Go on, yeah, I mean, my first run, I remember the first year I took over as sole coach across country, and I was actually still a smoker, like literally. I remember running a 5K, did two loops at uh, um, Pine Grove right up top by the octagon, did two loops of that as a 5K, and said, okay, I'm ready to coach the 5K stuff tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and that kind of, you know, got my mindset going, and with, within a month or two, I put down a pack of cigarettes and started running, you know, five milers, 10K, um, then I got into a half marathon from a buddy that told me and convinced me to do that. And that was a horrible experience. I mean, it was great, but I had massive, massive diarrhea at mile eight. And that was nice. so terrible. I never thought I'd do a marathon and I did a marathon and I think I broke four hours by 40 seconds. Uh, it was so destroyed. I flicked off the camera at the finish line, not thinking it was just the Akron Children's City Hospital, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and then from there, I just, I wanted to get on the trails. And I remember, I was fed up with watching the Browns. I'm like, you know, I'm wasting my Sunday watching the clowns. So I'm going to go run. So I decided to go, I made a run at Buckeye Trail. I was always a big hiker. And I did a five-mile run on the Buckeye right there, going up to 21 in Brexville. And I remember looking at my pace, like, man, I was so slow, like 9.30 pace. Like, I'm a, wimp. I'm, I'm a wimp. Like, what's going on? Why am I sweating so, so hard? Wimp. And like, and I, I know, you know, and I am. That's, that pushes me. So when I hear those words and I'm sleeping, that just motivates me more. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up uh, signing up for a 50 camp. Like, what did I get myself into? Uh, then I met all these people uh, that, that live around the world now, literally, and then I've met people through online running apps. And some of my best friends are people who have done the street that I would never met had I not looked at a map of someone running by and getting on Facebook and then seeing this dude down here, Tim Crow, at a couple of races and, you know, just seeing his infectious uh, attitude and behavior and demeanor or just, you know, you, you you want more, you crave more, and so you you, uh, you would gravitate towards it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, those are two very awesome answers. Obviously, you guys kind of both had your different starts uh, with ultra running there, but how do you, like, what was your first race like? Obviously, Chadwick, you talked about that 50K. Uh, take us back, what race was it, and how'd you do? My first, yeah, my first was a Buckeye 50K. That was my first ultra uh, and I think I did it in like 6.15 or something like that, which, you know, for some that's slow, some of that's fast, depending where you're at. But I remember loving every minute of it because it was an out and back, and uh, I had practiced doing that run. I had 
hiked it a lot. I had done a Allegheny 100 mile hike challenge in 50 hours, and I think 120 people started, and only nine or 10 people finished. Um, and so I had the mindset of just slogging through. In fact, that's my standard right now. My standard for OBU is to be on my feet for one more hour than I when I was at Allegheny, Pennsylvania back in 2014. I was on my feet for 37 straight hours, going 73 miles. Um, so my goal is to go 38 hours. And if 38 hours is my goal, that might win. It might not. But if I get myself to the final two or three and I see myself next to that guy down there and maybe you, Wes, or whoever, then it's game on. Like my only goal, I don't care about winning. I care about making my personal goal. And I know if I meet if I meet that, there might be many many people left. Yeah, Tim, what do you what do you think about Chadwick's personal goal? I, I think he's a will. I see here here's the thing right here, Wes. This is what he needs to work on. He needs to work on his head. Uh, he he needs to go in there and say, "I'm going to win this thing," you know. And I think he can't. I mean, but no, I don't think he can win it because he has to get through me to win it. Um, but. Uh, you know, you going into OBU and uh, he's put in the training. I mean, he can do it. There's a few, few things he needs to do to, in order to do it. But uh, he needs to go in there with the attitude that he's going to, you know, chop off heads and step on necks. That's the bottom line, you know, and uh, trust his training. But I, and, but I don't need to be vocal about it. That's all. <laughs> Who's to say I'm not thinking that? I hear you. Okay. Seems like a tough strategy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's the beauty of OBU. You know, that's that's the beauty of the race is, you know, once you get to 100 miles, the games start to play. And, and there's going to be a lot of game playing uh, going on at the race because uh, you got guys that have been there. You got some, you know, big bangers in there that, you know, know how to run the race. Um, and it's going to be interesting for me to see if people like Gabe Rainwater can, you know, have a poker face coming in. I think Gabe last year. He was, you know, he was showing that he was hurting, and uh, you know, um, it can be interesting to see, you know, whether he holds a little bit of that inside and doesn't show the pain as much. Um, see what Harvey's going to do this year. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. But I, I think, I think, you know, come a hundred miles, um, who has the best poker face? You know, who can, who can fake it? And uh, even when you're, you know, heading into that pain and. Who can, who can walk into the pain and, and live in the pain and then understand that the pain's going to pass and come back out and, uh, you know, hit those loops. Yeah. I mean, obviously you were there last year, you were in the final five. So, um, was there any of that in the final five last year or was it just all, you guys were all focused on doing your own thing? Because for those of you that don't know, the final five dropped in consecutive order. So once every single loop, there was one person that dropped until the finish. So, uh, how did that play out? Well, Mika and I dropped in the same loop, but, um, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, you had Mika, you had Troy, and you had um, Gabe, and uh, I, I think they were at Biggs. They were in a race before, and then Doug was there, um, and uh, so they were sort of allied together doing their thing, but it was clear that Mika was hurting, and then I think it was clear that um, Gabe was hurting, um, but from my perspective, I looked over at Troy, and, and Troy just—I mean, I mean, the dude was just unstoppable, you, you know. And, and that's he was the smiling the whole time, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, and, and and that gets back to the mind game, you, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Troy was hurting or not, and uh, you know, I didn't talk to him afterwards. Um, 
but you know, I mean, he was looking good, and even if he was hurting, he wasn't letting anyone know that he was hurting, and uh, um, so you, you just you just never know. This is what uh, Travis Zipfel came up to me last year. I think it was around a mile hundred. And, and Travis came up to me, and uh, I was I was I was hurting, and he came up to me and says, "You know, Tim, you don't know what anyone else is going through out there, and uh, just hang in there." And you know that that kept me going for another uh, four or five loops. So, um, yeah. So with yeah. all that with all that experience you've got from last year, have you not to give out any trade secrets? You know, we don't want to give out any secrets before the race, but sure. if you could talk about what you you know maybe some of the stuff you've changed in terms of training and, and, and mental game as well. Cause it is, there's a strategy to that. There's right. a, that poker face aspect. Um, right. what you're going to try to maybe do differently this year to, to help yourself come out on top. Well, let me well, ask Tim a question. Can I ask you a question, Tim? And that's is actually, a, no, I wouldn't say it's advice, but when I started going, I don't know. I, I for some reason I wanted to start going fast and I, I knew it wasn't a smart strategy, <laughs> but I was having fun doing it. Like, I'm so glad I did that. And but what, the reason why I did it wasn't because I wanted to be first, but I wanted people to recognize, wow, this dude, he looks good. I wanted uh, to and you did me. look good until you didn't. Well, I know, but it, I fed off of it, though, <laughs> and, I, and I dropped too early, and that's okay. I dropped it. I was feeling pretty good, um, uh-huh. but I, I know from now that I can draw energy from people, and I know how to tap into it. Yeah. And going, going from mile 16, whatever, to 78 or 80, and coming in, and I, I, want, I wanted the rest. Actually, I, I really enjoyed putting my feet up. I had no blisters. I had no swelling. I really had no aches and pains. Uh, yeah. and so there was some strategy involved with it, but obviously you learn from it. you know. So I won't be coming in as fast, but I, I'll tell you right now, I will be coming in faster a little bit on, on the road moves, but not nearly as fast as that. That's yeah, sure. it, it, just to let the, the listeners know, last year what happened was – Around two o'clock in the morning, C. Rob, uh, Sam Wells, uh, who's coming back, I think this year, and uh, from Missouri, and, uh, from Missouri, right? And uh, they decided they were going to turn this last man standing into the Boston Marathon in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I remember, I remember looking over at Jamie Hanks, who I thought Jamie was going to be able to go a, a long way. And I told Jamie, I go, look, brother, you know, don't get sucked into this. This is this is death right now <laughs> if you get sucked into running this Boston Marathon. So, you know, my advice to you, Chad, is you go for it. You know, you BQ from 3 o'clock in the morning to 6.30 in the morning. You go, you chase that BQ, man, you know. And then, you know, come, come 7 o'clock, you're going to be, you know, tapping out. Yeah. You so, really hope so. Advice. Um, yeah. You know, John, I think getting back to your question, your original question, uh, if, if you look at what they did at Biggs, um, and, and you know what the, the people at, at Biggs really finish well. You know, I think the magic number is fifty-two, fifty-three, and uh, that seems to be uh, the number. If you can finish that loop, fifty-two, fifty-three minutes, um, that gives you just enough time to get in, to rest, to, to do whatever you need to do, to get a two-minute nap. And I'm going to be taking a lot of two-minute naps because I'm over twenty, and then to get back out on the trail. Um, if it's cold, you know, you have to watch out for hypothermia. So you don't want to be getting in, um, too early because, you know, that's, that's an issue, but, um, now, was it Maggie was taking this last year, Maggie was taking 10 to 15 minute naps and she went, she won. She wasn't coming in with eight minutes left. Uh, I think, I think she was 
coming in with 52 minutes, if I remember correctly. Maybe, maybe it might have just been a couple of times. Maybe she needed a couple of big power naps, but maybe you're right. She could have just been coming in. But she wasn't coming in 20 minutes like you were last year, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we come again, talking about old stuff. Yeah. So so, so I, I think that's the lesson to learn from last year, you, you know, um, is, is to, you know, learn to control that pace a little bit more, which is really hard, and to um, – so to walk a little bit more, you, you, you know, uh, Troy last year was walking, Miko was walking a little bit and, uh, it was, it was confusing to me. So, uh, a little bit slower on the, on the loops, I think. So is that going to be 52, 53 minutes on the road and the trail? Or is that going to be a little, uh, faster on the road, faster on the trail? Or what is your, uh, thoughts there? Well, yeah. I mean, naturally you're going to go, go faster. I think, um, for all the for all the newbies out there, uh, I, I think another issue that you struggle with is that you know I think there's what 500 feet of elevation at McChesney Ridge, and uh, if you start aggressively on the climbs and aggressively going on the downs, uh, you're going to be causing a lot of you know muscle damage you know right away. And uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to intentionally try to keep the muscle damage to a minimum in, in the early miles, you know, first 24 hours, you know. For sure. Was there a, that was a kind of a uh, beat around the bush answer, but I'll, I'll accept it for, for now, for now, Tim. So, what do you obvi- want, man? <laughs> so obviously, uh, there's some, I mean, well, I mean right. <laughs> obviously, there's big competitors coming in this race. Uh, who do you guys have circled on your big board of, oh man, this person's just going to go, this person's going to be there at the end? Well, I don't see how, you, how I don't see how you cannot have Harvey at the end. I mean, yeah. I don't see how you can't have Harvey and Gabe at the end. Um, um, I think Harvey's a little bit nicked up, from what I understand, from what I'm, you know, from what my researchers are telling me, and uh, and I don't think Harvey's as hungry. But I mean, you, you just have to respect him, you, you know. So you got Harvey, you got uh, Gabe uh, on the woman's side. I, I'm stoked to see what Krista's going to do on the woman's side. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think. I envision Tim, Gabe, Harvey, Wes. I think you've got some potential too. I think we're kind of in the same boat between one of us. It's going to come down, but um, yeah, I got my personal goal, and that's going to take out ninety-five percent of the field. So here's looking at you down there in the diagonal. Have you guys heard the name of uh, Greg Salvinson? He's not in, is he? He is in. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. No, I haven't. So, Mr. Greg, for those of you that don't know, has run 233 miles at Big's Backyard Ultra. So, he also has put up big numbers. And if he would have ran the same year that Harvey did, um, they would have only finished like two hours apart. I think Harvey went two hours further than this Greg hey, guy. When did he get a bib? Uh, I think he's been in for a while. He's not he, showing up on an ultra sign-up. I am looking at it right now. I'm He's, looking at it right now too. His ultra sign rank <laughs> is seventy two point four one. Oh, there's that ranking again. <laughs> I think I have a better ranking. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you must be better than nothing. Greg. But yeah, okay. I mean, I I just think I threw Tim Crow off his rocker here, knowing that yeah. there's uh, someone else that's gonna be. Man, man I'm crushing him now. Whew. Just one more person I have to go through. Man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a battle. This is gonna be an absolute battle, and I honestly can't wait for it myself. So you're um, saying Gray went a uh, 230 at Bigs? Correct. Is Back he in Bigs 20- again this year? 
he's not right now, but he's in six days in the dome. So, but yeah, he could be if he uh, runs for far enough at uh, OBU. Yeah, but I know Harvey's already in big, so. Gotcha. Yeah. What are you doing for nutrition, Tim? Uh, listen, my I got my secret plan for my nutrition. Gonna, <laughs> does, does, does that involve Michael Lewis feeding you Pop-Tarts and marshmallows? And Michael Lewis, better after you tap out, Michael Lewis better come over to my side and, and, and keep me going for another 100 miles. Um, ah. I, I bring a dietitian down with me this year. So the dietitian's going to, you know, get some special formula and uh, – you're going to keep me going. So, wow. But, but my, 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 my diet, it's a secret. I'm not going to even tell you all what my diet is. Does it involve oatmeal cream pies like Chadwick's diet does? I'm the one that I think introduced C Rob to oatmeal cream pies. No, Shawnee introduced it to me, Timothy. Was that this year? That's yeah. The Fire Tower. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there'll probably be some uh, oatmeal cream pies slammed down, I imagine. Um, probably about 20 of them. Depends, but they're the big ones or the small ones. So am I not supposed to share my plethora of ginger ale and Coke with you again this year, Tim? No, no, share your ginger ale with me. <laughs> oh, so I'm your dietitian now, too. <laughs> and Mike can be my dietitian. Whoever wants to come out and help me, that's what it's all about. See, I, you know, whoever wants to help me going, keep going forward. I'm all about it. Well, yeah, as long as Wesley's out there, you'll keep going, right? Yeah. Wesley's going to be lucky if he sees the road the first night. Man, I mean, I just hope that someone is able to wake up early enough on that uh, Saturday morning to get out there to help you for the first three leaps, because after that, who knows if you're going to make it uh, any further than that. So <laughs> hopefully they can wake up. I know what I'm, I know what I'm looking 30. forward to. I'm looking forward to hearing the bell, Pinky out. Pinky out. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Did I think ring th- three times or? Yeah. Three minutes till two minutes and one, right? Um, he, he doesn't know that because he wasn't at the, didn't tow the line that often. Dude, that, that bell got like ridiculous. And it was, it was funny like being a spectator last year and seeing like everyone roll through every two miles from that perspective. And just like, even, even then it like got intense with the bell because you're like, Oh my God, the bell's going off again. And you watch everyone scatter and get up and get back into line or something like that. But it was like, it happened so much faster than you thought it did. Like it is I don't only think an many hour. people also, no, no one really mentions the fact that we aren't just doing a loop. We're doing two loops to make one loop. That makes it extra fun. Everyone's 4.1667. We're 2.08 dose. It's fun for perspective. It would, been, it, would, it, would, it would have been too, too much elevation. It would have been over 750 feet per loop. That's what makes this one a little more challenging than the other ones. The elevation is what gets people. Mm-hmm. There's no way there'll be 25 people at 100. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Wesley. I don't think there's gonna be 25 people at 100. That, fir- that first mile is a 250 foot climb. 20 or 15? What's what's your number? Kind of I'll, I'll, I'll take the un- I'll take the under on 17. Well, now that now that I know that Greg Salveson's in it, it's gonna go up to 16. Hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. Ian Akers has a question from the chat. What is your go-to flavor of Pop-Tarts? My go-to flavor is s'mores. It's just, it's every run I have a s'mores and I have a s'mores and I have a s'mores. So it's a s'mores. Yeah, it's usually whatever Tim has. That's my favorite flavor. 
Oh, yeah. Remember when you bonked at Shawnee on that training run? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and you bonked with your, and uh, you needed my Reese's to give take. Uh, quid pro quo. That's what I say. Quid pro quo. <laughs> this is the same training run that ended up with the pickup truck pickup? No, that was another. Oh. That's a good story. <laughs> your, you got rescued by your angel. <laughs> yeah, I got rescued by Jericho. That's right. That's right. Hitching, hitchhiking out of the Shawnee uh, forest. Uh, now, that what did was you, another... well, now, tell everybody what you, the first things out of your mouth before you got into the back of that pickup were. Oh, where is hitchhiking? What did you ask him? Huh? What did you ask him? So here it is. It was uh, Watson Heiser and, and Jamie and myself were in the Shawnee Forest, and it was raining. It was vertigo was setting in. We were lost, and uh, I told them I'm going to get to the road and I, I'm going to hitchhike. And uh, so, sure enough, we're in this country road, and, and I, I throw up my thumb to pull. And this big old pickup truck comes over, and the big old guy. And I said, "Can can you give us a lift?" And he looked over, and there's no room in the truck for us. And I go, "It doesn't matter. I'll just sit in the you know in the bed." And uh, before I got in the truck, I looked at him and goes, "Have you ever thought about killing anyone?" And uh, I wanted to make sure that I was going to come out alive. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was another training run down there. Yeah, I mean that sounds like an awesome experience that you were uh, again bonking in a just a training run, it's kind of similar to like you did in uh, the Mohican training run over the summer. I think. Uh, I think I did bonk in the Mohican training run and that was that's a whole different story i mean you, you know life is only fun if you're living on the precipice of bonking i mean it's just thing it's just really that's where life begins so there's a lot of people that may not take training to that level maybe they're trying to like stay in their comfort zone more and not really push the envelope when it comes to training uh why do you think that's so important especially in these long races that's where you discover yourself that's where you find out what you've got <clears throat> Yeah, I, I mean, you gotta, I, draw, I, you gotta draw on something. So, when you're at your absolute nothing, you gotta find something that just draws you there, like a moth to the flame. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of people need to practice bonking and training runs more because uh, when you're in the midst of a hundred and, and things are going south, I, I mean, if you've never experienced going into the depths of the darkness into the pain cave and kicking around the pain cave, uh, that pain cave can, can beat you up. But, uh, you know, if you bonked on some pretty serious stout training runs, you, you know, 60, 70, 80 mile training runs, uh, and, and have lived to tell about them when you're in a more controlled hundred miler, let's say hundred miler ultra, uh, where you have aid stations every five, seven, eight, nine miles, um, when you're starting to go into a dark place, if you've already bonked in some major training runs, uh, I mean, you, you know the pain and, and you know that you can get through the pain and you know you can come out and uh, you, you, know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, but th there's too many people that are weak of the mind and they won't push themselves in training runs to the place where you know, they hitchhike out or the, you know, they call an Uber or you know, they crawl out of you know, Mohican. I mean, literally last summer I crawled out of the Mohican forest because you know, I'm my body was, you know, starting to go on me, but, um, um, and, and I think that just helps you, you know, in the depths as you go from 100 to 200 or 100 to, you know, backyard type races is, you know, understanding the pain and understanding what it's like to, to cycle through it. Yeah. Michael Owen, uh, has officially jumped in the chat and he said, Hey, that Michael. 
these two guys <laughs> will be most likely to DNF OBU, very high odds, about 144 to 155 odds they will drop out. How's Michael doing after his last DNF at Mohican? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I uh, don't really have a comment for that. If you actually look on Michael's Strava recently, uh, you can tell that he's actually not even running right now. So hopefully Michael gets back to training soon. I ran, I ran with Michael, was in January, I ran with Michael. And, uh, you know, Michael has a way of, uh, anyways, I'm, I'm going to be quiet, okay? <laughs> My, Michael, Owen, I love you too much to, to go on record. You're one guy I'm not going to talk shit about publicly. So, uh, uh, anyways, I was with him in January, and uh, I know exactly what's going on, I think. So. Yeah, I guess he said that you guys are both similar in that regard. Uh, we both dropped out in first place. Just true, I guess, if you're thinking about your uh, 200 miler. Yeah, I didn't drop out of my 200 mile. I went after it and I, and I got it, you know, so um, that's that's good. Well, I know I'm looking forward to bringing the energy for Michael uh, this this go around again. Hopefully, I won't be coming in first in the in the night hours. I won't be. Hopefully, they won't try to lock me. They're, they're, hopefully, they don't want to lock me in the uh, porter potty again this year when I start screaming, here we go, Brownie. Yeah. 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 Go on, Wesley. I know there's a couple of people that are going to be super interested in this Chadwick. So I wanted to make sure that we get this out there uh, publicly on the record uh, before anything serious happens. But how many times will you be yelling dog check uh, at Ohio's backyard ultra? Well, I don't know. You're the one that introduced me to dog check. I, I, I don't calculate anything that I'm going to say. It's all spur of the moment. Like I said, I do everything live one take all the time. So whether I'm on a training run or whether I'm doing this, we're doing it live. You're going to get it the way you get it, the way I see it at the moment. You just have to wait. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I'm setting the bar at like 24 and a half for anyone else that uh, <laughs> thinks. That might just be three a loop uh, for Chadwick if he's only going to make it eight I, loops. I, but. I, I might pipe down some Baker stuff. He's been in some hot water with his wife lately. So I think I'm going to, you know. You're bring some cheesecake? Cheesecake. Oh, <laughs> Does it get the reference? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not in the parking lot, though. Not, not in the parking cheesecake. lot? Cheesecake in the parking lot? <laughs> 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 yeah. You sound Christ, though, I've heard, too. Mm, convenient, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Michael Owen said that he's going to be super excited to grill into you, Chadwick, about uh, the Browns this past year. So I be I, I ready for wait. that. Oh, I'm sure he will. That's fine. That's great. Like, like, I can't handle that as a Northeast Ohio fan. I've been living the torture since I was seven years old. Like, like I can't handle a guy that's eight years younger than me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very true. Kind of moving on here to our next little portion of this. Uh, I really want to know how the ultra running community has kind of changed your life and how that kind of changed your life at OBU too. So maybe tying that in in some way, if it's applicable. Changed my life. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, Rob, do you have anything on that? Well, yeah. I mean, Anthony Belasco, he's, he's our Yoda. Let's put it that way. Trail enthusiast for Burning River. Tim, I think, would be Obi-Wan. Um, George is probably a Han Solo. And then we've got a bunch of others. 
but there's hundreds of people and usually there's a core of 15 or 20 people that meet all the time on Saturday, Sunday. I don't always go. Usually I've got something going on during the fall. I'm coaching in the, in the fall and the spring. So I don't always go there. I, I go when I can. Uh, but the knowledge we get from people there is incredible. I think mean, just hanging out with Anthony this last weekend, dude, 67 years old and ran a sub 24 hour hundred mile. And he does it like it's nothing. Like it's, it's just like breathing. It's just like, it's the airy breeze. And he trains everyone under him to either go faster than that or slower than that or believe in themselves. Uh, so meeting him and all the people that kind of follow around him, uh, it's been kind of sad seeing the fact that he's had some injuries. He hasn't been able to run as much as he wants. But I was out with him on Sunday after my 50K just doing a recovery run and just practicing, you know, 13, 14-minute pace uh, and shooting the bull, philosophizing with the man. And it's really cool slowing down and getting time to slow down and uh, understanding what it's really all about. And it's, about being, you know, humble. You have to, especially like Tim said, you, you got to reel it in and you, and you can't go after it all the time. You've got to just know when to put the threat, you know, the pedal to the metal and when to use your energy and when to conserve it. So that's my goal going in. So I'm going to be taking a lot of his knowledge and things that Tim has shared with me and my experiences and uh, my own mindset was probably 70% of it. So I've been going into a lot of interesting thought patterns that uh, I know are going to bode me well. But it really stems from the people. That's where it all comes from. If I could pick up on that, you know, Brene Brown, the research psychologist, she, I mean, she, she talks about people are, are, are built for, wired for connection. And uh, I think one of the things the ultra world gives us, we talk about this community, and you don't realize um, until you start talking to, until you talk, start talking to people, that, you, you know, a lot of people out there, once they, you know, finish, you know, college and they get off, you know, there's no connections in their life. They have no friends. They have, they have no, no communities in their life. And that's something that the ultra running you know, world gives you. It, it gives you a place to, to have uh, connections and community, camaraderie, competition. And, and then all those things are huge. You know, C-Rob was saying, on, on any given Saturday or Sunday, you, you know, you get a run up here in Northeast Ohio with some of the best, you know, ultra runners in the state. And, uh, you, you know, that's, that's a built in way to connect with one another. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I look around and I see friends of mine who aren't in the running world and, uh, you know, they're just sitting at home, you know, dying basically, uh, instead of getting out there and living life. So, you know, I think, I think that's one of the ways that, you know, ultra running and the running community has just really changed, um, changed myself and, and anyone connected to it. You, you know, it's just the, the sense of community that's there. I think it's huge. And you guys are lucky up in, in that Northeast area to have that, that really large and very, very active community. Um, yeah. you know, Athens has a good group as well down there. And I think, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, like Michael and a lot of other people when I was first starting in the long distance stuff, you know, I don't know where or what route I maybe would have gone in terms of, uh, the running career, but yeah, no, it's there. And that, even that burning river group up North, like ran with them a couple of times and man, you meet some serious characters and it's always just yeah. great conversations and, and like they definitely all push you and you end up with a quicker pace than you ever expected or what you were planning on doing <laughs> that day. So <laughs> Just yeah, casually I, too. Yeah, and that's the cool thing I, I think about um, the the ultra community. 
was that no one really ever sat down, John, and said, you know, let's turn this, you know, trail enthusiast for Burning River into what it is. Um, but it just happened orga or organically. And, uh, I mean, you get people out there doing their first hundred, uh, and, and, you know, to, to be at Burning River and to, to watch people get their first hundred, it's, it's just, it's phenomenal, you, you know, and to see people, you know, crush, you know, 50 mile races, hundred mile races. And then, you know, I mean, people connected to the group are, you know, there's one guy, a couple of people are their triple crown runners, you, you know, and it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And, um, and that's, you know, we are, we are fortunate in Northeast Ohio with that. Mm -hmm. So obviously uh, the community is super important to both of you. And obviously with the community comes a little bit of banter as you may have seen in the first couple of minutes of this episode and throughout. So how has the banter helped you uh, motivate you and how is that important to you uh, in your running? See, Rob, you got it, man. Well, I think the banter is something that keeps things interesting and it keeps, keeps from the minutiae from just becoming the same old, same old, like, you know, you never know uh -huh. who's going to say what, when, where, why, how, to who, and in what context. Uh -huh. And, you know, you can make fun of anybody at any one moment. Um, and, they can take it in any way they want. And, you know, if they know you well enough, they know not to take it too seriously. Um, and you know when to back off. You know, sometimes your people are having a, a bad go at it. So, you know, you pick them up a little bit. But as soon as you pick them up, then you slam them back down again. You know, let them know where their place is. I think we've all been in that, that spot. But, um, you know, every, everyone's got their breaking point. Everyone's seen everybody in a low spot. But I think it's always nice yeah. to see someone when they're in their high spot and then, you know, sharing that with someone else. But, so I, I banter, but I usually, you know, it's never to demean. And we, I think that's an understood rule. You don't ever do it that way. Um, but you oh, hashtag to, kill the crow. Come on, man. That was fun, though, man. Now it, oh, it was fun. That. No, it wasn't fun. It was awesome. You know, no, right now, right tonight, you have to come clean. I will. Can I come clean? I want, I'm going to confess something. You, you come clean. Yeah. Hashtag Can I come clean? Crow. Hey, I, I, I want to tell you how I held back a little bit. And if Wesley, or no, if uh, Quinn's watching this. Hold back. No, no, you DNF'd at mile 40, man. Pro uh, professor, let me talk for a second, would, would you please? Okay. When we were down, I went, I went down to, to Quinton, Quint and I went down to Great Seal State Park. Awesome place to run. We're running, we're running, running. Tons of vertical. Wow, I never thought you could get vertical. It's like a miniature frozen head, literally. So we're up there, we're running. We got a little lost, and it felt like we were kind of by the fire tower at, uh, at frozen head, but you know, it's in Ohio, but it's, it's gnarly. So we're up there and we're looking for the trail. And I off to the side, I see, uh, Quentin's like, look, there's a porter potty. It's tipped over. I'm like, Ooh, this is an opportunity to go get a nice photo shot and have me pushing over the porter potty, send it to, to Tim and the group saying, kill the crow while he's in the porter potty. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. That's just bad juju. Like you, Messing with the the gnomes at Mohican. That's bad juju. No, 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 no. I, no, no you no. mess with those that gnomes, is, man. What happens? I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. When something goes wrong at OBU, I'm going to say it was the gnomes and the juju will get you. Oh, <laughs> you, I learned my lesson. I ate. But you didn't come clean about the hashtag kill the crow. Oh no, no. Okay, so we'll go back to that story. And I've learned a lot from that. And I told you that. So two years ago, 2018, uh, I was slated to run Easter State's 100. 
I was trained for all the vertical. Uh, I got a hundred miler in actually. And uh, then they canceled it because there were some permit issues. It's like, I'll just do burning again. I'm like, great. You know, it's flatter course. I'll go out and burn. I've been doing all this vertical. I've been training in the heat. I've been driving in my car with the heat on full blast. And uh, I felt good. I'm like, you know what? I wanted to push myself, you know? So I figured, you know, why not try to hang with someone like Tim who's trying to go sub 22, sub 21. I'm like, hey, I want to make a bet. I want to give myself a goal. And I wanted to try to break his, uh, his, his record on the Burning River course. And I held it for the first 35 miles and things just fell apart. I, I, I mentally tapped out. And, uh, and before that, I hashtagged kill the crow because I was gunning to kill the crow. And I didn't. And uh, I'm a better man for it. Yeah. What else do I need to come clean about? I'm not hiding behind it. I never have. Would you do it again? Would you? No, because he can't kill the crow, West. That's just it. He, I mean, he learned his lesson. I mean, it was a lot of. Well, see, I won't do it by saying it. I'll do it by doing it, oh. and then I'll say, "We'll go back." Okay. Um, hey, West. You Mantle's pulled it out great. of me, though. What? You wanted it. You pulled it out of me. I didn't say it. <laughs> um. You, you, you know, you, you, you have to live for the banter, man. I mean, um, you, you know, there's within the group we run with, uh, you know, we run together on Saturday, Sunday mornings, but we compete and uh, we all want to win if we're in races together. And, uh, um, you know, banter just makes, you know, life a little bit nicer. You know, what what is life without some just friendly, you know, banter, uh, especially you know, when you can rip the head off of Sea Rob and stomp on it in races. Can't wait. And can I add a little plug here, but it goes along with the banter. I want to give a shout out to Chris Riccardi. I, last year I raised a little bit of money, not enough according to Tim, uh, for the Animal Protection League. For every lap I did, I was able to raise X amount of money. I don't know how much it was. It didn't matter. Yeah. But I tried to do a little cause. Tim, Tim jumped in. I'm offering to uh, people that want to sponsor me. I have a uh, my daughter and uh, my wife, they, they're always at the dance studio. Um, the dance uh, studio instructor, her mother passed away with cancer, you know, a terrible passing. It was just really kind of destroyed, you know, the family. And it really hurt the community of uh, the dance studio that we, we go to. Uh, she was a teacher, uh, tragic. So I'm running this year on behalf of her for her Susan Stovecheck Memorial Foundation. So for people that are willing to put a dollar or 50 cents or $2 per hour that I'm alive during OBU, uh, if it conclusion of the race, they'll donate that amount of dollars per hour to that fund. And Chris Riccardi and Tim have offered to donate a dollar per hour. I'm alive. And Chris Riccardi went a little further, said for every hour that I'm alive, Tim's alive and George Demelis is alive. He'll donate a dollar for each of us per hour. And the best part with the pressure is if I win, he will double down on all three of them. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. There's going to be no so doubling got, down on that. I, you know, it, yeah. Um, the, the cool thing about the banter, though, is within the community, the banter exists. Um, but when you go out there and you're, you're running, I mean, I mean, your brothers, you're running as a community. And, and yeah, I, w- I want to beat Chadwick and I want to beat you. And, I, you know, for sure. Alex and Cam. I mean, they're not even. I'm I don't even, anyway. Um, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, if someone succeeds and and, and the, you know they perform better than you, man, I'm stoked for them. You know, and that's that's 
part of the community. You know, this year at Burning River, you know, I was probably in the best shape of my life at Burning River. Uh, I went out. I wanted to win it. Win it? Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I had lofty goals. I, I blew myself up. And then when I saw, you know, people pass me that, you know, I run with week in and week out, I'm happy for them, you know, so, so banter exists, but also camaraderie and community. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't set up better myself. Uh, also for anyone listening, uh, we'll make sure to attach a link to, uh, C Rob's, uh, cause that he's running for as well. So we'll throw that in the Facebook group and, and whatnot as well. So you guys will have access to that in the YouTube description. So, uh, there should be a couple more people hopefully adding in on that. So all the pressure's on, C-Rob, all the pressure's on. It's a good pressure, though. Not a kill the crow pressure. Again, I, I'm always rooting for Tim. If I'm, if I'm not in there, you know, it'll be Tim. So um, I'm going to pull for Northeast Ohio for sure. Because we are, me up with some Pop-Tarts, man. We're, we're the hooligans, man. We're the hooligans. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. You know, well, then at last year, Michael said, oh, he brought his he, – he put he's slamming you. He said – uh, he got, he's got his B team out there. How do you feel about that, Wesley? You were the B team. You're the JV. That's from I, your own mentor. Last year was a, t- a tough year for us. Uh, definitely the B team was 100% out there, but we had a lot of runners out there last year that hit 100 miles the first time, Alex Jackson and uh, Isaac Gibson that was at the time. Cool. That was my uh, favorite part of OB, watching him get 100. And he had never run more than a 50K before, right? Uh, Isaac, yes. And then Alex did a, did a 50 miler. Oh, 50 miles before. Okay. We'll see what Alex Alex does this year. What are your predictions for him? For Alex? Uh, 104. Ooh, I, nice. I, think, I, I think he'll get 100. And uh, I mean, he crawled to 100 last year. I don't remember if you remember seeing him, seeing him but he was like death around mile 80. And uh, I think he'll get uh, 100, and then I'll, I think he'll push it four more miles. And tap out. Awesome. And I, uh, before we wrap up here, Michael Owen just decided to drop some breaking news and about OBU here. Uh, there is tentative talks that Fl- Fluff Bakery will be providing pad Thai on site at OBU this year. <laughs> <Nice>. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's big time. Hopefully uh, they come through with that. I know that uh, if you guys didn't see Jessica, Kopowitz is uh, running as well, and she's definitely going to hit 100 miles for sure. So chalk her up as one of your 15 runners to hit 100. But uh, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on here and chat with us. Uh, hopefully, we guys can do this after the race and uh, hear how it went, because I'm sure there can only be more body blows thrown, uh, basically determining on how things went after the fact. Um, Ridge Generation, as always, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube uh, to stay up to date on all the content and make sure you guys don't miss a live show. Uh, thanks again, Tim and Chadwick, for joining us tonight. Peace out, man. Peace. All righty. We'll see you guys later.